2: Pace with Alex and Fauci Alex and Fauci Alex and Alex If I put our jacks in the paint How you gon' stop me? How you gon' stop me? We can go head to head Call out your top three Call out your top three Look at the switch from Dorte, Now that boy got three We got Holly Burton run the point this is the benedict for the shot if anybody gonna come in the post then we got jaylen smith for the block setting the pace going to the top setting the pace going to the top this is your number one podcast sweeping every team we gonna need a mop smooth what is going on pacer nation welcome back to another episode here of setting the pace i'm your host alex golden and joining me is michael j facci the j stands for juicy what's going on brother Hey, I wish I had a juicy scoop,
1: but you know what? Man, the Pacers right now, Alex, we're in the midst of just there's that extra pep in the step. The air's crisp right now. I know we haven't had a game since we had that awesome comeback win against the Hornets, but life's good right now. And what
2: better to do than talk about the Indiana Pacers today? I mean, absolutely nothing. I have to say I gotta give a couple shout outs here, Fachi. Uh, first and foremost, my man Clay Houck hooked me up with my new microphone setup. So if you guys are noticing better quality, I owe him a lot of help for that. Just making sure I got my audio sounding right. And that introduction, the juicy, that came from his brother Landry, who was here helping as well. Uh, I was doing some practice runs yesterday with just making sure the sound quality sounded okay. Introducing it. And Landry goes, the boys are back and the J stands for juicy. Ah, (laughs) I love it,
3: love it. He's like,
2: can you give me a shout out? I said, that's the least I can do for you guys helping me out. And, uh, you know, just, just, Always nice to have people helping you, but appreciate that. And yeah, we're going to have a fun episode today because we got Dustin DiPerec from the Indy Star joining us in our second segment the fachi Some really interesting stuff came out today, Pacers-related, in a media mid-season survey, as well as The Ringer released their top 100 players, or their updated top 100 players. And I don't know where you want to start, but I'm excited to talk about it.
1: Let's go with the ringers list because, I mean, they're talking about ranking players from one. They they put out the top 20, and there was a name on there that got me pretty hyped, and his name is Tyrese Halliburton coming in at the number 20 spot on the list. Alex, to have a top 20 player is something that many teams cannot say they have because some of the players are, are on the same team, and we got one of them.
2: Yeah, let's just go through the top twenty real quick. I'll just I'll just go through quickly. They got Giannis at one, Jokic at two, Steph Curry at three, Luca at four, Kevin Durant at five, Joel Embiid at six, Jason Tatum seven, LeBron eight, Anthony Davis nine, and Zion rounds out the top ten. Then we get in from uh, then we get into the eleven to twenty range. We got John Moran at eleven, Devin Booker at twelve, Donovan Mitchell at thirteen, Shea Gilgis Alexander at fourteen, Paul George fifteen, Pascal Siakam sixteen. Jimmy Butler, 17, Damian Lillard, 18, James Harden, 19, and Tyrese Halliburton, 20. I think the only other name besides Halliburton that kind of stood out to me on this list, and I kind of emphasized it, was that number 14, Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander. I just, I don't know what it is about him, Flatchy, but everybody loves him. Everybody acts like he's the greatest player or one of the greatest players in the league. I hear a lot of people talking about him being an all-NBA second team type of player. And I have no problem with that. It's just really hard for me to evaluate players on bad teams. I I think that's the hardest thing for me to do just because it's like, we're seeing what he's doing, but their teams, you know, they're about 500 this season last year. You know, they were what the. They're not worst, good at all. Second worst yeah, team correct. based on the, the draft pick. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, he's a good player, but I just feel like there's so much hype around him. And I just like to see it on a bigger stage maybe see it a little bit more frequently in terms of like it amounting to wins because like nobody expected the Pacers to win this year and look what Halliburton's doing. I'm not saying that Halliburton's better than SGA, they're totally different players, but I'm just saying for him to be at 14, I think, or 13, 14. Yeah. It just it surprised me a little bit just because I just, a lot of people respect his game. I think he's a great player. Just kind of funny to see him in that group as well with Halliburton. I just feel like those were the two names that stuck out.
1: Yeah. Super talented player in SGA, super talented, but to your point, his stats and he is averaging over 30 points per game on 50 percent shooting which is great it has not translated to winning thus far and the 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 thunder are are better than they have been but yeah i mean look i got no problem with him being in that list because like i said really really talented player but he is ahead of some guys like damian lillard you know who obviously stud mvp type of, of player you know PG. I mean, there's guys that he's ahead of that have definitely proven far more. So I, mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from. I got no problem with him being in that top 20 list. Maybe not it could have been a, a couple of spots lower. But overall, he's he's someone that I, I want to see those stats translate to winning because there's a lot of teams that he might not be getting those 20 to 21 shots per game on a team that's in the playoffs. The Thunder, I mean, they they live Through him, so (laughs) I get it. But other than that, I mean, I really don't have any beef with anyone on the list because I I do think it's a strong list. But I'm very happy to see Halliburton getting the recognition little by little over the last few weeks. We're 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 not going to beat it to death, but obviously after the comments that Wally Zerbeck made, I feel like people have stepped it up in terms of giving Halliburton his props, and that's something that we're going to get into next with these media mid-season surveys.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I'll just want to say this real quick, because if they're basing this off of this regular season and it's going like a season to season basis, and that's how the ringers doing it, then I completely understand my Shay's so high. It's just, it's I think hard. That's what it is. Off, Yeah. So that would make more sense to me if he's higher because of that, you know, it's, it's tough because there's a lot of great players in this league. Yes. And it's really hard to pinpoint who should be in what position and who should be in what ranking, because it's all subjective. It's all your personal opinion. And Honestly, I don't think there's really a wrong answer in terms of how you would rearrange this 20, but I think that Halliburton being involved in this group is awesome. And I will say this, I was listening to a ringer podcast with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon talking about who should be at what position. and, And they said, you know, Harden and Kyrie, I think were the front runners for the votes for the guards, but they said that it should actually be Halliburton in terms of the season that they're having instead of Kyrie Irving. So I thought that that was cool once again, to hear some more love for Tyrese should be a starter at the all-star game, but you know, Indiana small market, you know, the vote, the votes are just not going to pour in like they will for the bigger markets. And that's kind of what we're looking at now.
1: Unfortunately, it's true. I mean, we, we, saw between gold state, the Lakers, you know, the, the, the nets, the Knicks. I mean, they got a lot, a lot more people voting for those players. Some are deserving, some are not, Mm -hmm. but Little by little, Tyrese is is getting the respect of the league. I think it is play, the players, the coaches, but also the fans. I, I think that he's turning a lot of casuals into saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what's going on in Indiana right now? I, I feel like Tyrese has changed the culture. And when looking at this, you know, midseason, you know, media survey, I mean, his name and the Pacers' fingerprints, they're all over the list. And I think let's, are you ready to get into it? Because there's a couple good ones. I'm itching to share.
2: Yeah, Fachi, hit me with the NBA midseason uh, media survey that had the Pacers, you know, really up there and, and the votes in, in terms of the categories. Sure thing. So for
1: what has been the most surprising storyline of the season, the Pacers came in in the fourth spot of Indiana's start to the season. I mean, I, I think right over there you could see that people were low on the Pacers. They really were, and, and we're someone that has really kind of woken them up a bit. This one next, I, I take I take good pride in sharing. It said which rookie has been the biggest steal related to where he was selected in the 2022 draft. Number one, not Benedict Matherin, but Andrew Nemhard coming in getting 30 percent of the vote for number one. And just when you think it's over, Benedict Matherin had the number three spot. At Being the sixth overall pick, getting 17% of the vote. You're talking about the Pacers' two draft picks. And I'm not, not Kendall Brown, but two of their draft picks being in the top three over there. I think that, that right there is a statement. I mean, what were your thoughts on
0: that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just great to see Andrew Nimhard get that vote because I think he deserves it. He's a starter. He's playing a position he did not play in college. He's playing basically like small forward or shooting guard for the Pacers this season. And he's been so good defensively for what they've been doing. So, no, I think if you look at it from pick 31 all the way to being a starter on a team that's in the playoffs, that's huge. And he's being a contributing starter. And then Benedict Mathern, you know, the six overall pick, still getting a lot of love because, look, at six, you know, you're still a lottery pick. You're still a top Mm -hmm. 10 pick. You're not a top five, but you're still top 10. And you're considered, you know, got a lot of potential for him to get 17% of the total votes. I thought that was terrific. Uh, Nimhard was the highest voter getter with 30% of the votes so you can kind of see the disparity there and then Walker Kessler from Utah who was traded from Minnesota in the Gobert trade he got uh, he was the second person in between those two he got 23% I think that's a great pick because I think he's been awesome for what Utah is doing but yeah just seeing our two Pacer rookies right there getting some love and, and getting the acknowledgement like we slammed this draft class for this rookie season it's been a joy to watch and both those players have been huge parts of this Pacer success
1: Oh, they really have. And then if you're talking about the, the, the category, who's on track to win the Kia Rookie of the Year this season, look, Paolo is, you know, he did get, unfortunately, 97% of the vote. I thought that was a little too much. But, yes, I, I would definitely put him in the top spot. Matherin came in at number two with the other 3%. It feels like all season it's been a two-man race hmm. for Rookie of the Year. And I, I don't think anyone else should be in the running right over there. So hmm. – That was definitely interesting. But then next we have who's on track to win uh, the most improved player of the year award. I mean, all season we've been saying that Tyrese Halliburton has a good shot. Well, he comes in at number three on the list. Laurie Markkinen at number one with 53% of the vote. I do think that he is having a great year. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, someone that you mentioned earlier, came in at number two at 33% of the vote. And then Tyrese Halliburton at number three. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on there? I, I I can't really argue that much about it. Um, but, but I think those those three really have a good case at this award.
2: Yeah, I mean, Lori Marketing has been fantastic and Utah. Really I don't think anybody expected this. You know, the no. Jazz got off to such a hot start too, and I think they've cooled off quite a bit of late. And they might not make the playoffs or the play in. So you have to wonder how that you know levels out, but. Let's just say the Pacers keep this roster intact and they continue to play great basketball and they finish maybe with a five or six seed and you're looking at Oklahoma City and Utah in the lottery. You have to wonder if this is the media vote, right? Maybe their vote sways a little bit to Tyrese because Tyrese is the one that's getting his team to the playoffs out of these three. But, you know, that's kind of like looking at it from like the bright side uh, of things. But right now it's just, you know, Tyrese has been awesome. But it's just been a, a year we've seen a lot of great individual success from so many players. And nobody expected Laurie Markinen to have the year that he's having. And, and honestly, I never expected this from him ever when he came out yeah. of Arizona, right? So he goes to Chicago, terrible, did not have a great run in Chicago, goes to Cleveland last year and was just like surprising Fachi beyond belief. Gets traded to Utah in this Donovan Mitchell trade and I thought okay the Jazz are not just going to they're not going to be very good this year. They're going to be a lot of misfits, you know, they're going to be playing for, you know, one another because they feel like they're just kind of the miscast, but he's been awesome and I think that shot that did not count the other night that he made Ooh, the buzzer. That was a good one. That would have yeah. been a game winner. I mean, he's just had a special season. So, it's not that Tyrese isn't having one, it's just that other guys are having one too.
1: Yeah, I think marketing just had um more room to grow. Like for Halliburton, we were thinking, man, he's already really good. Like, how much better can he get? And he definitely has gotten a lot better, but marketing, I, I think, had um, a lower floor.
2: Yeah, lower uh, I think expectations.
1: that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, one of the other things that I thought was uh, another category on there who's been the best point guard this season? Number one, Luka Doncic is having a special year. uh Number two, Steph Curry. I mean, come on, it's Curry. Number three, <laughs> John Morant and then number four Tyrese Halliburton. You're talking about it. I can live with Tyrese Halliburton being number four on this list because this is a list of uh, a uh, two-time MVP and Steph Curry and uh, you know a multiple-time champion Luka Doncic is probably the front runner for MVP this year. John Morant, someone who's doing very special things, and then there's our very own Tyrese Halliburton. Alex, uh, the company here. that's that's exactly the type of company you want to say
2: our franchise player is in yeah I mean Tyrese is having a special year and for him to be in this category you know you gotta you gotta just be thankful that some of these media members voted for him because he's been so awesome and you could make the case that he might be the best true point guard in the league I know we talked about that a little bit we haven't really fully gone into like a major discussion a deep dive of where Tyrese ranks amongst the all the point guards in the league but you know, a lot of people look at Luka Doncic and say, well, he's like a six foot seven, isn't he more of a, a small forward? But he's got the ball in his hands all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a positionless league, it's kind of interesting to see them kind of ask about positions, but you no, know, Tyrese is a pure point. He's awesome at point guard. And being in, in the same category with Luka, Steph Jaw, uh Luca Steffi and Jaw, it's just it's just awesome. I mean, I mean not no other way to put it. It's just like give this man the respect that he deserves. He's been awesome.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I still stand by it. If you're going to put him in that category, that man has to be a shoe in for the All Star game. But the next a category, best. oh yeah, a category that we will talk about later, you know, with Dustin. But which head coach makes the best in game adjustments? Uh, We had number one, Tyron Lue, at getting sixty percent of the vote. Eric Spolstra, number two, at seventeen percent, and then Rick Carlisle, our very own, at number three. You're talking about. Hey, the top three guys over there, they're championship coaches. Spolstra, we talked about. I don't know if you want to call him maybe the most underrated coach, because I don't know if he's underrated, but just a guy that is a really, really good coach right over the year in, year out. So that's quite the list to go on. And before we even you know touch on that, which coach draws up the best uh, after timeout plays? Number one, Steve Kerr. Number two, Rick Carlisle. I mean, Look at the company over here. Our very own Rick is in because this has been an awesome coaching year. No one's going to say this is his best coaching year because the man won a championship in Dallas, but what he's doing right now, I'm happy to see him get this type of respect.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Rick's always been uh, an upper echelon coach in the NBA and now that the team is having success from it, he's going to get the praise that he deserves. And I even threw it out there on Twitter about a week or two ago don't be surprised if Rick Carlisle is in the coach of the year discussions. I don't know if he's going to win it. There's obviously other candidates that are maybe worthy of it, you know, but from what everybody expects from this Pacers team to where they are now, it doesn't happen unless Rick Carlisle has his hand on it. So um, I love that. And Fochi, I don't know if you didn't see this on your, on your email that you sent me, but I think you skipped a category after we talked about the best point guard. It was who is the best passer in the league. And you left out two names, Fachi, that I was going to say is probably better company than the Luka, Jaw Steph group. Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Tyrese Halliburton. Talk to me about how Tyrese is in a group with Nikola Jokic and LeBron James for Uh, best passer in the league. Best passer in the league. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable.
1: Because look, we're talking about Jokic being the two-time reigning MVP, a guy that honestly has taken his game to the next level. Could potentially win it again this year. And then there's LeBron James, who some deem the greatest player to ever play the game. So, yeah. And then there's Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, that is such a category right now that I just don't think that you could have expected Tyrese to be in coming into the year. And I'm so happy he is because that means we're going places. Because... Those guys, Jokic, LeBron, they make everybody around them better. Well, Tyrese Halliburton is doing the same thing. He is upping everyone's game by being a pass-first guard. People forget he's also giving you 20-plus points per game on the the side. So I just think when you hear that, it's like, man, we really found our franchise point guard. I couldn't be happier.
2: We've been wanting this forever. Oh, my God. You can even say – after Mark Jackson, like we've been wanting it. I mean, I think people would have rather had Tyrese than Mark Jackson.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. You
2: know, that's just how special he is. It's like no knock on Mark, but it's just like Halliburton in like one season is almost becoming like the best point guard in franchise history. And it's, it's, it's weird to say, and I know some people might be like, this is disrespectful. These young kids need to shut up and quit talking. But Halliburton is just special. I mean, you can just see it, the charisma, the way he loves the city, the way he loves the the entire organization, the way he loves his teammates, the way the teammates love him, this is something special. And, you know, I'm really hoping he stays around long-term, but we've got a couple of more categories to get here. Foschi hit me with the last couple of them.
1: Yeah, so real quick, one thing I want to touch on is, like, you we didn't know how bad things were until you get Tyrese Halliburton. You look back at the times where people went, what about the Jamal Tinsley years? And it's like, wow, you know, look, Jamal <laughs> Tinsley, good player, not even in the same – Category as a Tyrese Halliburton. So, man, I just love where we're at. But next category, which active player will make the best head coach someday? Number one, Chris Paul. I could definitely see that. Number two, Garrett Temple. Number three, Tyrese Halliburton again. I mean, it's got to be. looked that he's a point guard, but you could just see that. Hey, he he knows how to digest the defense right over there. Dissect the defense. Uh, then next this was the big one this really was the big one who is the most underrated player in this league number one on the list Tyrese Halliburton wow
2: mm. both of those are really interesting Um, because I think a lot of people would say on this Pacers team that TJ McConnell is the most likely to be the next coach just because of like his dad being a coach the way he plays and I just think Maybe it's because people don't recognize that about TJ around the league that cover the league. Maybe this is kind of like more of an Indiana thing because this was a national media vote and they, they write in these names and stuff like that. And Garrett temple, like that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I yeah, I don't know much about Garrett temple, but like, I don't either. I know who he is as a player and I know exactly. he, he's a role player and he does this well and does that well, but you know, defensive guy that used to be able to shoot threes and you know, I don't know what he's just doing now, but I remember, you know, people were calling him a three and D for a while there for a little bit, but you know, I'm coach. I maybe, maybe he is, I don't know, but I love what you said about most underrated players in the league, like 13%. So this is right in votes, 13% for Tyrese Halliburton, which means that other votes were given out to players amongst the league with an 87%. So it's it's a definitely there's a lot of underrated players in the league. I just think that when you look at Tyrese and what he's done, I don't think anybody expected this jump so early, but people here probably are just getting so accustomed to it because he's doing it on a night-to-night basis. But people around the league that don't watch him probably every single night they're just like, man, this guy is really something special. He's kniving up defenses, you know, carving him up and, and just showing people how great he is. And I think with him being inv- like listed in all these categories, you can just kind of see the respect level that he is getting from media members. And I'm hoping that this is the same case for coaches around the league when it comes to all-star voting.
1: What a world we live in where Tyrese Halliburton is on pace to become the first player ever to average over 20 points per game, over 10 assists. And shoot over 40% from three, and he's considered the most underrated player in the league. I mean, think about that. So I'm glad that everybody's finally paying as much attention or, or somewhat close to it as maybe, you know, we are. I'd say not even close, but, you know, they're, they're getting there. And it just shows that, man, this guy, the sky is the limit. Everybody, people want to be a part of this. Look, we're never going to know what OG w- was was whispering over there. You know, could, could it have been, hey, come trade from me? Who knows? But it makes you feel like a guy like OG would, would be like, I want to play with that guy. We've heard LeBron say compliment him highly. It's just people are taking notice, and rightfully so, The last award over there that involved the Pacers, which rookie will be the best all-around player in five years? Number one, Paulo got 73% of the vote. Number two, Benedict Matherin at 10%. Uh, I, I love to see that because it shows that he's not done getting better. This isn't not to kick him while he's down, but it's not Chris Duarte last year where it's like, okay, he's older than everybody wow, like that. did you did I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to give the jab, but I needed <laughs> a good comparison. Right over here, Matherin has more room to grow. Hey, I really do think that he has a great shot at being a top two player in this draft. How amazing
2: is that when you picked him sixth overall? No, I mean, it's fantastic. And I think one of the most special things, too, is like, if you look at the the voting percentages for rookie of the year, it was like 97 to three. Well, when you look at like, who could be the best player in five years, it did, it did get a little bit closer to Matherin. And I'm not saying that, you know, went that drastically away, but you know, more people believe that maybe Matherin becomes something special, but I think Paulo's going to be special. I mean, I felt I that way from last year's yes. pre-draft stuff. I mean, he was the guy that I had number one for the majority of the time. So I love Paulo. I think he's awesome now. I don't love him now because he's, in the way of Mather and getting rookie of the year, but you know, who knows Mather and maybe could turn it on in February, March, April, and maybe the rest of this month in January and make it more of a race. But right now, I mean, obviously Paolo is being asked to do more. He's starting on a worse team in Orlando. It's a different role and he's a different player and Mather just a, a straight up bucket getter who's getting better at different things. And so, you know, I love that. And I think one thing that I don't remember seeing on the list was the six man of the year, award as well. Matherin was listed as a number three, I believe, on that Fachi on the survey uh, behind Jordan Poole and Russell Westbrook, if I'm not mistaken, but still good to see him getting some love there as well, not just as a rookie of the year, but a Six man of the year. Might not win either of them, but y- you still love the fact that he's getting some love for that. I don't know if I just read that in my mind, but I'm pretty sure I saw Jordan Poole had the Six man of the year on that. So uh, I, I got it
1: pulled up right now. Jordan Poole at 33%. Malcolm Brogdon at number oh, two at twenty three percent, and then Benedict Matherin was at number three. Okay, um, so you know, I forgot about Brogdon. Shocking, right? Brogdon's <laughs> having a, a good year. Exactly, we all we all have. But look, Brogdon's having a good year with Boston. But what I don't like is the narrative that's being pushed out there that Russell Westbrook is the favorite to win it because that, that I don't think that's the case.
2: I, I really don't. I think he's the betting favorite. He
1: is the betting favorite, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I mean, are the Lakers going to have a winning record? I know
2: they're playing better ball now, but it's just it, like – They're messing with Lakers fans because that's what the books want to do. They're just trying to get the Lakers money because it's I, not going to happen. I mean, I
1: honestly believe that.
2: I really do think that's yeah. a Vegas tactic. I don't think that Russell
1: Westbrook walks away with that award. Uh, look, is Mathering going to do it? I, I don't know. I think it's super impressive to be – That serious of a candidate as a rookie, but you know, at the same point, you know, it's good company to be in, and I I think at this point, you know, to be a a top two rookie in this draft, to be top three in sixth man of the year, I mean, that's super impressive. So I can live with it, even if he doesn't win the award.
2: Right. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff there, a lot to cover. I mean, we could probably just make a podcast of this ourselves, but. You know, we wanted to touch on this. And then, you know, like you said, it was really cool that uh, Dustin Dopieric from Indie Star was a part of this vote for Mm -hmm. the media. I don't know if any other Pacers members were able to vote for this, but I think it was just Dustin that got to do that. So, you know, kudos to him for being able to do this. And we will talk with him in the next segment about this. Um, He does give us some information on. You know, who he voted for on certain things and who he didn't vote for. But we're also gonna hear what he thinks about the whole Miles Turner situation, what he thinks the Pacers should do with that, you know, just how he's felt about covering this team for the first time. You know, he's new to the beat. So kind of a, a good way to get to know him because you know, you hear him asking questions all the time on Bally Sports post-game show in the in the media room, or if you watch the YouTube clips like I do all the time to see what the guys or the coach has to say after the game you know, he's one of the guys that's always asking questions and, you know, Rick Carlisle really likes to give him a hard time too. So, you know, Dustin's a a super nice guy, but I mean, we're going to really enjoy this conversation with him, Fauci. Anything else before we take a quick break? Nope. Ready to take a break. All right, everybody. We'll be right back after this.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Joining us now on Setting the Pace, he is the beat writer for the Indiana Pacers. For the Indy Star, it is Dustin Dopirac. Dustin, first time uh, appearance on Setting the Pace. How you doing, man?
4: Doing well, man. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Absolutely. So just let me let me just start things off here by asking you, how's the beat going? Obviously, first, I'm covering the NBA for you, I believe. So how are you enjoying <laughs> this? And maybe uh, any fun stories you'd like to share in terms of some experiences you've got so far this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's definitely a different beat experience than anything I've had before. I covered um uh, a little bit of pro ball. I did a, a year in Pittsburgh for a, a site out there, and I covered the Steelers and the Pirates. Um, so I've I've kind of got to see uh each of you know what I consider the three majors. I'm just not that big of a hockey guy. Nothing against it. Um, but it, it's it's been it's been different. It's been interesting. It's obviously not. A, it's it's a smaller beat from in terms of total people covering it um that i saw in pittsburgh and it's it's made for i think a really enjoyable one just because there's you know not a ton of us going around and we get to know these guys uh really well and it's a fun time to cover the beat just because obviously they're moving up it's it's a fun group of guys and i think you know they talk so much about how connected they are and 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 how close they are and we really get to see that and so you know it's it's fun to go in there and there's not a lot of um you know there there's just not any problem people, I guess it's everybody's relatively easy to talk to, uh, you know, some are better quotes than others, but everybody seems to uh, be okay with kind of the media process there. They're all in, in a happy, kind of a happy place. You know I mean? Like sometimes you'll cover good teams. Um, and if they were expected to be really good, there might be tension there or whatever. I mean, this this team has very little tension, uh, and I think that's that makes it fun. It makes it easier, easy. And uh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of exciting games, and you just see, you know, one just the quality of play is really good. You know, they can win on any given night. I mean, I don't think they're a, a championship contender at this point, but there's not a team that they can't beat. That they you, you, there's no games that you go into and say, well, this game's decided. You know, I, I know exactly what's going to happen every night. You don't know. They can go into Boston and beat them. They can get Brooklyn at home and them not play any, be playing any. <laughs> their guys and they could lose that game uh so they're they it, it makes for a very interesting beat um you know I, i'm enjoying the process it's been cool to just deal with everybody you know like uh you know Rick, rick's been good he gives me hell sometimes but he's entertaining you know uh <laughs> he's a super super smart guy it's cool to uh you know just uh, you know jump in the nba and i covered a lot of college basketball but obviously seeing the game at a different level uh and and getting to while you're doing that talking to somebody who's who, who's been in the league forever, won championships, really talks about the game, at least as kind of a genius level. I mean, he really understands all parts of it. And so you get to really get a sense of, you know, how that kind of mind works. Um, So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, So across the board, you know, really enjoying this beat so far.
1: Yeah, Dustin, we were talking offline. You mentioned you started covering this team in early November Curious to see, how has your outlook changed about this Pacers group from when you first started to now? Because you were just talking about it. They could really sneak up on anyone any night. I don't think Mm. everybody was expecting that coming into the season.
4: No not at all. It's funny because uh they've been really they, they've been pretty good since I got on the beat. Like my first day I think they beat the Pelicans that night and that's a win that really kind of you know holds up and and and, and that, you know um they obviously lost to them in New Orleans later but I mean like they beat the Pelicans when they had Zion. I think they had like I don't know hit like 19 threes that night or something crazy. Um and I think I want to say Turner had 34 that night and it was sort of um the beginning of okay this is how good miles going to be he's not going to have 34 every night but but there's going to be an elevation uh to his game and i i remember um tony e saying about maybe a week and a half in like Man, he's, he's like you have a total ex- different experience than the rest of us. Like you, you don't know what a shaky night from Miles Turner looks like. You don't know what him inconsistent look being inconsistent looks like. And you know, like as far as you're concerned, this team is is going to be awesome because like I mean I, I don't, they probably won you know six or seven of the first you know uh, out of the first games I covered. And it wasn't even until the West Coast trip that I started to see. Okay, well, they can actually lose games. They're not going to just blow everybody's doors off. Um, but obviously, coming coming in uh thought, you know, okay, well, this is probably gonna be, you know, it's not gonna not, not a tank year, but it's gonna be a year where they're, you know, going for draft picks, you know, or should we write a story about the, you know, how valuable it could be for them to tank, whether it makes sense for them to go to the bottom and trying to get Wembenyama, Banyama. And here you are at the halfway point. It's like a lot of research that we, me and i and it's more more so uh now nor editor really did to to look at you know w- what kind of sense that makes to to be at the bottom of a couple of years in a row um it was really out the window <laughs> you know like it's it's like it would be wrong to even discuss that at this point it's so far out of you know possibility that they could really you know if it, they, they could lose out and not get women yama at this point um so that's that's really kind of the drastic difference but 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 you know, since I've been watching them, I've just been like, like, why why, why did anybody think they wouldn't be good? You know, like it, it's, and again, like, like obviously that stuff can change because on the flip side, you know, I left covering Indiana, IU, and I'm looking at them right now and like, okay, how, how is this the same team I was writing about in October? Because I can't believe this guy's not great. I can't believe that guy's not great. You know, I, I never expected them to have some of the problems they're having, um, but this team, it's like a lot of the problems that everybody thought they would have, they're not. And there, there's just been such quick advancement for these guys, um, you know, the, the big thing that really stands out to me is when they have a problem, they fix it, mm-hmm. you know, like we, you'll start talking about them, about probably like, Oh, you, you know, you guys have bad starts. You have bad first quarters. Why is that happening? You know, and they'll say, well, well I don't know, but we got to fix it. And then the next thing you know, it's not a problem anymore, you know, and th- they have a problem closing games and you're like, okay, well, maybe this is going to be an issue. Maybe they're always going to have bad fourth quarters. You know, you, you saw them just collapse against Cleveland, um, you know, have a, you know, just bad finishing stretch against the Knicks and almost blow a 30 point lead against the Celtics. And then after that, they've been golden when it comes to putting fourth quarters away. Uh, so that's, I think the thing that, that I would just, my, my thing has evolved, but even from the beginning, they they started playing better once I got there, I guess, is the point, than, than they had been even in the previous month. So I, I I don't know what a bad Pacers team would look like.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are the good luck charm, it appears, because yes. they have the been manner playing speaking. better since, mm-hmm. you, uh, since they've been here. But, I mean, you go back and you think about all the things that have been problems that they've been able to, able to overcome, I think you just have to look at that combination of Tyrese Halliburton and Rick Carlisle. Sure. Those two guys mm-hmm. are just cerebral basketball minds, like you said about Carlisle Tyrese too. Mm -hmm. And he is that coach on the floor. And I just feel like Halliburton has elevated further than I think anybody expected in year three for him really Mm -hmm. just taking over this team and everybody else is just kind of following and and taking their game up another level. But you brought up miles Turner and obviously this is the million dollar question Mm -hmm. and we've shared our opinions on it quite a bit. And obviously it's a very big question Mark heading into the trade deadline here in about a month. I mean, you've been around this team now for a little bit. You've seen the best version of Miles of his entire career. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the guys like him, the coaching staff likes him and all that kind of stuff. But what is your sense on this whole Miles Turner situation? And do you have um, a price range in terms of how much you think he should be given? Or do you think that maybe the Pacers have to be careful with how much they're willing to give him and, and that kind of thing, and maybe look to move him before the NBA trade deadline? I mean...
4: That's such it's such a tough call because I'm just getting used yeah. to this monopoly money stuff like I'm used to just <laughs> college ball you get a scholarship or you don't you know you, you get your money Like you, you get that you get you paid for it, you don't the NIL takes care of everything else Um, at this point obviously but it's just like well if, if you either want the guy or you don't want the guy and and there's not a question of well how much do you want him uh, and how much money you're willing to give him to keep him I think. I think clearly there's a lot of value to him for the Pacers. Um I, I think that's that's a, a key thing to say and I think uh, another thing that, that Nat and I have been talking about is that that the the cap is going to go up and uh that, that there's going to be more money available that you can pay him uh and not be just taking an an exorbitant amount of your of your cap space up and you can still pay him well. Um you know I, like I I'd, I'd have a hard time giving him a supermax in in the sense of Paying him thirty percent and staying there, like I mean, like it's almost like percentages is, is more of an issue than money. Like him taking up that much of the cap is a lot because I do think they need more players. I don't think they can, I don't think, they, I think they can get far with this group of in a couple of years. Um, you know, I, I think they can make the playoffs with this team now. I think, um, it, but but you have to get to the point that you 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 got to look at is can you win the whole thing with him? If you're, if, you know, how much can you pay him and put together a roster that can win the whole thing? or or come close to it. Um and that's I think where you get tricky. Uh but I think you can afford to put pay him in the 30s. I think they can get there. Um you know, is sort of my 30 million a year somewhere in that range. Um the, you know, can you go up to 35? Can you go up to 40? I think those are kind of the tougher questions and I think 40 is when you get a little bit tricky because then you're starting to cut into what you what you can pay other people. And I think I, again, I I don't know that they can get there without another big contract um, somewhere in there, um, and so I don't wh- who exactly that means. I don't know, you know, who they would have to go get, or or you know, like just obviously if they would draft somebody and then have to pay him after a couple of years, um, you know, that, that add, add another star in the draft or something like that. I, I just think there's it's it's going to require one. Other really good player um, for them to make that type of leap that they can take out the Boston's and the Philadelphia's and the Brooklyn's um, and the Milwaukee's, you know, who are also all going to keep pursuing talent as well. So that, that I think is the biggest issue you've got to ask. But on the flip side, I don't know that you can look around and say there's a better big man that you can get on the board right now. Um, you know, I don't know that, that, and I think, and they need, they, I mean, they're so, they so desperately need a big man right now, especially the way that they're playing. You know, if you took Turner out of this team, the bottom falls out, you know, just flat falls out because they, they don't have any rebounding. They don't have, they have some shot blocking, but they don't have nearly enough. Um, you know, I, I think Jalen Smith has done a pretty good job as a backup five, but if all of a sudden you're, you're putting everything on him as your starting five, I think you're in trouble you know i th- i think you're in trouble so if you're going to let turner go you have to be able to replace him uh for for them to be functional and so it's like it's saying okay well what who would you get um those are the things the questions that I have to ask and it's just okay what what's he willing to sign for mm-hmm. so i mean I, I, I bottom line is i think they have to pursue an extension aggressively um and i guess obviously reporting came out from mark stein this week that he's rebuffed some offers and i I don't get the impression that that is closing the door um it's it's more of a okay this the initial offer on the table and that was pushed back and said you can do better than that um so we'll see obviously where that goes but I would say it's it's important for them to make a push and figure out what all in what what all in means for them um and you know go as close to that as you can I I guess is that would be sort of my advice um is you know make sure you're not just putting all of your eggs in that basket and he can get better but I mean I like He's not going to be Joel Embiid, I guess, is a, is a point to make. Like, I mean, like, you're not going to wake up five years from now and Miles Turner is averaging 30 a game, you know? Like, you got to keep that in mind. You're, you're you know, I mean, his, his production can go up, I think, um, but he's not going to be the best center in the NBA. So if he can be a top ten guy, he might be a top seven or eight guy, but he's not, you know, he's probably not a top five guy, definitely not gonna be the best in the league. So keep all of that in mind. He's a crucial piece. There's not a lot of guys as good as him that you can get, but there, you know, there are better and you need other pieces to win a title on top of him.
1: Yeah. I wish that'll make sense. It, I guess it does. Yeah, I wish beads were growing on trees because yes. there's there just are not a lot enough of, of them. There really yeah. isn't. And Turner fits this team so well. But when he you does. start talking about getting mm-hmm. into the 30 to 40 million dollar range, I get scared. I, I really yeah. do because you gotta think a Tyrese Halliburton max contract is coming. It, it yeah. is in the in the cards. And the pay that's a move the Pacers have to do. But mm-hmm. transitioning a little bit over and involving Tyrese Halliburton, uh, just recently the NBA put out their midseason media survey. And mm-hmm. you were someone that, that took part in that. And I got to say, Dustin, the Pacers had their fingerprints all over this survey in mm-hmm. categories that you mm-hmm. want to be in, such as being one of the surprise teams. And maybe mm-hmm. when when it came down to one category that I thought was maybe most interesting was most underrated player in the NBA mm-hmm. and Tyrese Halliburton won that category I mean was that the category that maybe stood out most to you or what else did you see that you went wow you know what the Pacers really are making an impact here
4: I think it's I mean it's definitely the most interesting one it was the headline on the story I think underrated is such a tough one I, I didn't vote him that and I think probably it's because I cover him and he's always talked about so <laughs> I think it's weird for me to call him underrated because it's like all, all I read you know all I write about, all we, you know, all I read about, all we talk about at, at you know, at, at Pacers games is Tyrese Halliburton. And, and you know, when, uh like, I, whether they're on the road or they're at home we see other media, all they do is ask about Tyrese Halliburton. So I guess I don't have a proper sense of where he's actually rated. But when I saw him at the top of that, I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense. Because if you think about it, man, like, he has not been very exposed, you know, like, if if you consider the entirety of his career, I mean, like, you know, Playing high school basketball, public school at Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and just and staying there his whole career. Won a state title, but you know, like didn't go play at a Montverde Academy or IMG or something like that. You know, spent his whole career there. Went to Iowa State, which obviously is a is a Big Twelve program, but like it's not. It is not a blue blood by any stretch. Ames, Iowa is not a place where, where so many of us are like are watching closely. He had good good teams, you know, good career there. And, and obviously was it was I, I think went 12th in the draft. But you know, and and a lot of guy, a lot of people always liked. I mean, he is like the like everybody's favorite league pass player. But then you remember like how many times he's been on national TV this year. Probably. I mean, was it once, you know? And so like, from that sense, I'm like, I guess that makes sense. I didn't vote for him. I voted for Lori, uh, Lori McCain. And I don't even know how you spell the guys that pronounce the guy's name. Markkanen. Uh, uh marken That's it. Um, Cause I think he's terrific. But I didn't, I, I guess I didn't even think about Halliburton being underrated. Cause again, he's all we talk about. Um, but it, but it, again, it makes sense. And I think he's just, um, he's got you know just so much flash to his game. And I I think um on some level, like you want everybody else to be experience it. But like on the flip side, I'm like I'm I'm kinda glad we just get to cover him in this little silo that we have here because you know, I mean, yesterday or Sunday, um like again, he does media every time and he is just tremendous. I mean, you see his interviews, they're unbelievable. Like it just, again, how sharp he is and how much he seems to enjoy it at 22. You know, like he he's just so advanced at the media game. And and when, you know, we got done and we had his Packers jersey on and, and uh, you know, Tony asked him if he has any rituals. And, you know, he says, well, I'm, I'm kind of a new Packer fan. I'm like, okay, wait a minute, you're from Oshkosh. What do you mean? And and he, like, well, who'd you move for when you were a kid? And he stops, he's like, and like Turner hears this and he's like, oh no, here we go. because. Halliburton's got this whole story about his, you know, kind of fanhood and how it's progressed and who he liked when, and he was a far fan. And then when they, when far left, he didn't like the Packers anymore. So we can like, but he's telling us this whole story and giving us like 10 minutes to explain this. And you're like, we're sitting there watching one of the best twenty twenty five players in the NBA. And he's willing to just do this, you know, because (laughs) it's just kind of, he's, he, he hasn't been so exposed yet that he's sick of it. And it's like can we can we bottle this and keep it forever you know like because it's if just only. so fun right now and like you know at some point he's going to get big there's going to be more you know like um if he leaves this market obviously he'll 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 take it more intensely um and just just for now you have this just incredibly fun character um fun just human character sounds like he's made up or drawn up just fun guy to be around and you kind of wonder okay like if he ever gets really exposed will he lose that um so but but bottom line like that that is i think the, the standout one and i think um it's another reason why I just like Pacers fans should really enjoy this. They sh- they should realize I think that there is something you guys get to watch that not everybody does right now. You know, like this is something that's been been kept on the radar. If you're not paying your money for league pass, you're missing this. You, you don't get to see this guy and it's a lot of fun. You know, so I think this that was kind of another um you know, statement towards that. There's a better way of explaining that. But, but another sort of piece of that news that tells you like, this guy is special and he's kind of yours. Like he is, it's like the band that is playing your local shows before they get major. That's who Tyrese Halliburton is right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, great stuff there, Dustin. So uh, that really kind of wraps up pretty much the entire survey that we want to talk about. So, you (laughs) know, you're doing a great job covering the Pacers, really enjoy your coverage and, and all you're doing, obviously you guys can check out Dustin's work on indystar.com make sure you subscribe to get the uh latest articles there but Dustin, work people find you out on social media to find all those links maybe easier if uh, they're not looking in their web browser for indystar.com maybe you can guide them hmm. to, yeah uh, it's just it's just directory.
4: at dustin the Pirac it's that simple i'm lazy on every other uh i i you know every other thing i'm just i just do twitter it's at dustin the Pirac. that's where you'll find my stuff and i'm sure i don't know i'm sure we have a facebook page and a um uh instagram page and we probably. might have a tiktok i don't i probably don't do nearly enough of it i i, I do most of it on twitter but just add dustin to Pirex where i tweet out all my stuff uh or Nat newell my editor also tweets out some of my stuff and you'll see it obviously on our um uh you know indie star sports uh twitter page so yeah come check out our stuff you know appreciate it
2: all right fachy this was a long episode but lots to cover like we said so really appreciate everybody tuning in it's been a lot an awesome start to the season uh start to the year i should say 2023 has been awesome Uh, i don't know about you vachi but a lot of good things going on is there anything that you'd like to maybe uh let the listeners know about
1: yeah actually i got quite the announcement if you made it to this far in the podcast you will learn that the family is getting a little bit bigger i am expecting a child i'm having a daughter uh just after the season that way i don't miss any pacer time but you know right over in june unless we're making a run of the finals i will be having a daughter could not be more excited and you know i'm gonna bring up right she's gonna be a pacer fan
2: okay so we know she's gonna be rocking the red white and blue when she's born for the wizards no <laughs> never that never that i do have to ask do you have any names in mind right now are you gonna keep those keeping them keeping them quiet keep okay, them quiet we don't want to spoil our... anything
1: not not spoiling anything. Still got we're narrowing it down, but we got it. We got a couple names that are strong contenders.
2: All right, I love it, man. So baby Fachi is on the way. You know, we'll we'll have to see how that affects the podcast schedule moving forward. I'm sure that there, there will be some hiccups, but we'll make it work because I ain't skipping we're... a beat. We're here for you, ladies and gentlemen, and Fachi will not let this baby get in the way of him talking about his Pacers. Mm -hmm, Never. So he'll say, never that. Amy, go take the baby somewhere. (laughs) Go take a trip on the subway. (laughs) Well, I'm going to juggle it all. You know, I'm going to get my circus act
1: on, juggle being a father, being a, you know, over here with the pod because the show goes on. And look, I I love talking Pacers basketball, so you know what kills me to ever miss an episode
2: absolutely i mean we are super excited though for you here fachi myself i'm sure all the listeners you know love you and uh, they, they really are excited for you and amy and baby fachi on the way and uh, indy is going to get a sister so that's exciting as well so yes, she is indy is fachi's dog if you're not sure mm-hmm. but with that being said fachi enough about your personal life tell the people where they can find us at on social media
1: absolutely so you can find us on twitter at setting the pace three you can find alex on twitter at alex golden mba i can be found on twitter at underscore f-a-c-c-i you could find us on instagram at pacers talk you can find us on facebook at setting the pace you could find us on tiktok at setting the pace and alex tell them where they can check us out on
2: youtube go to youtube.com slash hit in the pace a pacers podcast make sure you subscribe and check out all of our videos we're gonna have a video up for you thursday night after we record our podcast then so be on the lookout for that but botchy if you're excited to be a girl dad then hit me with those three words Let's go, Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one
3: podcast. Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.